Hi, beautiful people. Welcome to the Heal and Glow podcast, a place to discuss real everyday life, focusing on topics such as business life, health and wellness, spiritual health, mental health, and faith talks. A place to listen to positive and kind, encouraging words and inspirational stories. Leave each week with abundance and love and positive vibes. Thanks for listening. Peace, love, and glow. Erica. just me today um but I wanted to talk about something that has been really weighing on me and I feel like God was telling me to like record the episode um and we're talking about burnout so burnout is extremely real it happens to business owners moms dads caretakers hospital workers um honestly even children sometimes uh athletes Literally everyone can experience burnout. There's not one person that's actually excluded from this. Um, so with that being said, I went through my own burnout session of probably a couple of times, honestly, and that's kind of why I got into self-care. So um, I, wanted to, I wanted to speak about that because I think it's so important that we take time for ourselves. And what I didn't realize was, if for my Christian girls who listen, or my people who believe in God, um, did you know that not taking a rest day or keeping the Sabbath holy is considered a sin? And I remember watching, I, I believe it's Pastor Michael Todd. He has a whole um, ser- uh, service on this topic. And I've never looked at it in that light ever in my entire life before. Being Hispanic, coming up from parents who, you know, grew up both poor, um, you know, and them growing up in the, the 70s. Everything was work, 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 work. You know, um, I would feel guilty if I took a day off or, that's one thing I have to say. I really know how to work. Like my work ethic is unmatched and I love that for me. But what I didn't know how to do was rest. And as much as I love my parents, they don't know how to do that as well either. Um, For example, my mom just retired and she already has a job. She doesn't want to be home, so she's teaching special needs kids one-on-one going to their home home therapy which is amazing right now she's sick you know so those are things that you know we need to worry about and also it's in the bible that you can't pour from an empty cup right so if we don't take care of ourselves how can we take care of other people it's kind of like that um scenario when you're on the plane and it's like you have to put your mask on first before you can put your child or your loved one's mask on right so a lot of us were very giving, especially me. I have such a big heart, and I feel like, you know, I always want to put everybody first. There are so many relationships. I put myself last. I obsessed over my partner, and I would do everything to make them happy. And then what I realized was I wasn't making my own self happy. So when they didn't love me the way I loved them back, I got very, like, offended. I would get upset. I would get mad. I would start fights. When all... And the realization it should have been me making myself happy as well a partner adds to your life but they shouldn't be only your life right so i would get burnt out in relationships i would work two and three jobs i get burnt out at working um even just being around family a lot helping family um you know dealing with family drama that is also such can give you a burnout there's so many ways you can get burned out right so after i heard that uh, sermon I feel like my life really changed so the first six months you guys know that I was working by myself I had no help and I remember I desperately needed 
a vacation. I had went through like 18 hour days. One week I had nine birthday parties. My dad getting COVID, helping out, taking care of my parents. My mom still worrying about him. So her mental health uh, taking down as well. Um, Because I'm an an empathetic person. So I feel like I just absorb people's problems. Not always on purpose, but just because I have a big heart. Um, You know, what else? Like, I just needed an actual break. So... I remember when I booked my vacation, I was like kind of scared because I'm like, this is the first time I'm closing for a week. I have nobody here um, and no one can run the store. And I'm like, this could be really bad. It's like April. I, I try to do it around Easter. So there's a couple days that I could be closed. Um, but all my clients were amazing. Like, you deserve it. You work so hard. Like, we'll be here when you get back. And by the grace of God, they definitely were there when, when I got back. You know, and they were so excited for me and happy for me. And then as I'm on vacation, I realized that I needed to hire help. I needed to sacrifice me taking any extra money in because I was burning myself out and I wasn't able to give my clients 100%. So I went and I hired um, employees so that I can have some days off and that helped out tremendously. That helped out with my mental, my physical, my like everything, my sleep. Um, and that was amazing, right? So I, I, I did that and then I felt like, okay, because I had more time off, I started doing more other things, right? So I take care of my nephew now, which I love. But, you know, I take care of him and Rocket. <laughs> when I have them together, I feel like I have twins sometimes because Rocket's still a puppy. Um, and then now I, like, I take clients for boxing after. And what I realized, again, I was starting to kind of get burnt out. Now, signs of being burnt out are if you're a creative person, you feel like you're stuck on creativity, um, sleeping a lot tired, even just like, even though you may sleep a lot, you're kind of just like tired throughout the day. Um, your mind is, is very restless. Your con- your mind is constantly going. Loss of appetite could be it. Loss of um, personal interest. So like if you're someone like me who loves to work out, not wanting to work out, um, seeing friends, that can be it as well. Um, kind of like, especially if you're an extrovert, kind of like internalizing and kind of going more on the quiet side. Um, not happy when you wake up, you know, kind of like dreading the day before the day even starts. Um, very emotional. That could be a sign too, where you're kind of like up and down. You don't understand why you're always crying or maybe you have more anger. You have less patience. Um, that's definitely a sign of it as well. Uh, what else? Mm, Lack of appetite or overeating to compensate, um, could go either or, uh, it could be, your sex drive went down, um, you know, you're not interested with spending quality time with people, family, loved ones. So there's so many ways that you can get burnt out. And the best way to describe it is kind of like you're on autopilot. You just get up because one thing about us, we can get into such a routine that like we can get up and go through the motions, but not really realize like what even what is even going on throughout the day. The day goes by so fast and you're kind of like, okay, like cool, I just went through a day and like you had no idea what was going on, you know? So these are all signs of burnout. Um, you know, it could be physical. It could be you're getting sick constantly. Your immune system is down. Um, you feel like you can never get better. Um, maybe even your thoughts. Your thoughts are going into depression. They're getting dark. Uh, these are all signs of burnout. So what I want to talk to you about is how do we get ourselves out of the burnout stage? Because this is a very hard thing. Once you kind of start spiraling, 
it's really hard to get yourself out. And I've been there before where it's been like months where I would go like through depression and like with the business, all these other things. So step one is to, you know, um, realize what's going on. Like realize your habits. I want, I want you guys to actually just like take a moment, sit back, look at the last month and kind of analyze it. Have I been happy? Have I been seeing loved ones and family? Um, have I socialized? Uh, am I sleeping too much? Have I worked out? If you work out, um, maybe you play a sport. Have I gone to go play a sport? Have I, if you're creative, have I painted? Have I done something to let that, that side of me out? You know, um, so analyze that, see where you're at. Now, if a lot of it is no, then you might be going through a burnout. Sometimes it's hard for us even realize but then when we talk to somebody about it or somebody that we love kind of says hey are you are you good like you kind of seem a little different right now um, that's kind of when we realize what we're going through so first you want to analyze for the last month maybe the last two weeks however you feel the last week just kind of go through the day now listen every day is not gonna be roses and butterflies and I know that too but we should at least do one thing for ourselves a day that is just for us whether it's reading a book taking a bath uh, I don't know, going, getting Starbucks, getting, uh, going to TJ Maxx for yourself and just looking around, doing skincare, eating a favorite meal, you know, um, something that, you know, can bring you some endorphins and dopamine and, and joy. After you analyze it, I want you to write down your daily schedule. What is your daily schedule like? Do you rush to get up from work and kind of rush throughout the day? Because starting the day rushing will literally set the tone for the whole day. Um, are you happy when you get up in the morning? Is it something you look forward to going to work or the day that you have planned? Um, I want you to, you know, write down how often are you eating? Are you eating three meals a day? You know, what are you eating? Are we eating junk food? Are we eating healthy? Are we packing snacks? Um, are we eating enough protein? I want you to also write down like, and this sounds silly, but like even little things like this, like how much you're traveling, right? So if you sit in traffic every day, right? Because being in traffic can definitely change your whole mood for the day, right? So let's say you work an eight-hour uh, day, but then you have two hours of traffic in the morning, two hours of traffic at night. That now turns into a twelve-hour, uh, yeah, sorry, math, twelve-hour day, and that can also burn you out. So those are things that you need to kind of analyze. Now, when you look at your day, you know your daily task, and we analyze how we're feeling at the very moment. We look at, um, you know, what are, what's excitement. Then I want you to write a column, what brings you joy? It could be anything. Again, it could be your favorite fast food meal for once a week. It could be having coffee in the morning. It could be watching a television show. But I want you to write down the things that bring you joy. It could be listening to a, ser a sermon, going to church, um, you know, listening to your favorite podcast episode, um, you know, going on TikTok for 30 minutes. I don't know. Something, you know, sitting in the bathroom by yourself, right? This just sounds crazy, but my mommies know out there, like, I'm a dog mom now, and I can't even sometimes use a bathroom without Rocket, like, following me around. So just write the things that bring you joy. And when you write that down, I want you to look at, do you, are any of those things that literally bring you joy in anything that you do on a daily task or a weekly task? That's so important. So once you are able to write this down and go back and analyze then you'll say okay every day I have one thing that brings me joy or wow I haven't done anything that has brought me joy in the last three months no wonder why my mood is grumpy no wonder why I'm annoyed easily no wonder why I don't have patience for my husband or my kids or my loved ones 
And this is really important because when we go into burnout mode, if we don't stop it right away, you're going to go to that autopilot mode and you'll be doing the same thing for months and not even realizing that you're it's affecting you, right? So a couple of things I feel like that can really help with burnout mode that helped me. Um, so recently I was like just feeling uncreative. I was feeling stuck. I was like, okay, I just need to like get through with the business. I need to figure something else out. And then I realized something. I work out, right? And I have all these different trainers, you guys know. And then I realized, okay, so it takes me 30 minutes to drive to Claudia. Then I work out for an hour. Then it takes me 30 minutes to drive back home or to another client. Then after I train that client for an hour, then it takes me another 30 minutes to drive back to the store. And when I get to the store, I have to clean, set up, do whatever, right? Um, I'm not praying. I'm not reading. I'm not listening to anything that makes me feel good. Um, I'm constantly driving. And for me, that was a big part of me feeling burnt out. I was like, wow, I didn't realize, like, even though I might be at work all day or watching the baby all day, I, I drive to pick him up 20 minutes, drive him back home. There's so much driving that I was doing. And instead of using the driving time correctly, I kind of was just like burning out. I listened to the radio or I listened to like the gossip station on the radio. Um, and it was really starting to affect me. And then I remembered something. Uh, when I took, before I opened Heal and Glow, I took like a, uh, a fast. I did a six month social media fast. I highly recommend this. I know it's really hard. I know it's something that we're addicted to. Some of us use our business, but if you can limit your time on social media, that's amazing too. So I took this uh, six month social media fast. In a week, I felt a difference. It was crazy. So I just got off Instagram. I don't really use Facebook anymore. I don't use Snapchat. I kept Twitter just because I think Twitter is funny. There's no pictures. It's just like reading stuff and kind of keeping the know, but that was it. Um, and it's not like where people post all day. So you kind of like goes through like some of the same tweets for me at least like I don't have I don't follow a lot of people on there so it's only so many tweets per hour or whatever um and so I started my mornings by getting up when the world was quiet praying reading going to the gym and then I would be home by 7 a.m so I did all of that I get up at five I read I pray I would probably throw a load of a load of laundry on go work out when I came home I would shower I would eat breakfast then I would probably take like a power nap for like an hour and then I would go to work. Now, this sounds crazy, but the earlier I wake up, the more energized I feel. Like today I had a lazy day and I'm exhausted right now, but I'm pushing through. But because my brain and my mind, I like to write off, uh, check things off. I'll write a planner out and check things off for the day and I would I would put tasks on. That was relieve, relieving, releasing dopamine and uh, endorphins in my brain. So I was A, feeling happier. I was feeling more accomplished. I felt like I had a purpose. Um, my creativity was flowing like crazy because I didn't have so much constant distraction through social media, through friends. And what I noticed was when I was in person with my loved ones, I, I was more um, uh, present in the moment, which was beautiful. And then I realized recently I hadn't been on a schedule in ugh, months. You know, summer for me, I love summer. I love to be outside. It's slow here. So I kind of would just like go with the flow. I would close what I needed to, have a delayed opening, whatever worked for me. Um, and then I realized something. I was like, you know what? I miss my 5.30s in the morning. I miss my 5 a.m.s. I miss being able to get up before the world even starts and be feeling accomplished. And if you, and I love self-help books, you guys know I love like all about, I want to write one one day. 
So I read a lot of self-help books. I watch a lot of um, YouTube videos on people who are like, you know, where I want to be in life. And they all say the same thing. Like most millionaires get up at 4 to 5 a.m. Like they kind of find follow a very rigorous um, schedule where they do the same thing. They either meditate or pray, work out. They'll write for a little while. They'll read for a little while. And then, you know, they start their day. <clears throat> and what I realized too was I was listening to the radio so much. Before that, I used to love to listen to podcasts. You know, I would listen to um, a great one that I love for all my entrepreneurs is called How I Built This by Guy Raz. And he would interview these amazing, successful, huge business owners. You know, the person who started Zumba, um, SoulCycle, um, so many different ways. And they would tell you their story about how they got started from the very bottom, just like me and you. And it was inspiring. And when I listen to things that are inspiring, it inspires me. So all these little things that I just started to incorporate helped me to get out of my burnout mode. And when I was able to take care of myself first, I was nicer to my parents for sure. I reached out more to like check on my friends, see how they're doing. Um, you know, I definitely felt, um, you know, happier. I had more to offer and I just felt like accomplished. I felt like I had a purpose all over again. And sometimes we go through those phases where like we don't feel like we have a purpose and then it goes into depression and then it's hard to get ourselves out of it. So whenever I meet someone, you know, and I can see because now I feel like I can sense it because I went through it, I'll, I'll literally ask them like, oh, so what did you do for yourself today? What, what self-care did you do for you? And they kind of get caught off guard. And I remember when if you listen to my old episode of the podcast and I used to interview a lot of the business owners, that was one of the questions. What do you do for self-care? Because self-care is so important and I've realized that now. I've realized how it's changed my life, hence why I got into a business that's all about self-care. You know, when you're inside the sauna, you can't be on your phone unless you connect to the speakers where you can listen to something. But there's no scrolling, there's no talking to anybody. Um, a lot of you guys tell me you take a nap or you meditate. Uh, there's no, you know, there's no like distraction, you know? And I think that is why people love it so much because it's 30 minutes of uninterrupted me time, no matter what. Plus you're sweating. It's giving you the exact um, feelings of a workout. You're doing great for your body. You're releasing endorphins, dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin. Those are all great things that our body needs to make us feel happy and rested. So it's like the perfect thing. And when I realize and I see all these people, you know, um, and I spoke about this before, I think in the last um, episode with Kylie Jenner, um, I mean with Kylie Jenner, manifesting that, guys. One day I will interview her. With Terrence, we spoke about Kylie Jenner and Kim Kardashian being these amazing businesswomen. But one thing I learned about Kim was she's a workaholic. And, yeah, she's a billionaire, right? And it's like it's when is that going to be enough? Newsflash, no amount of money is ever going to be enough. That's also something that I've learned. There's no amount of money because once you become a billionaire, then you want more and more. The more money you make, the more money you spend, you know, or you help out more people. No amount of money is ever going to be enough, and that's something I had to learn. Not saying you shouldn't have goals and you shouldn't want to make money, but being content with what you have now. That's another thing that helps with burnout. A lot of times we're burnt out because we're trying to get to the next level and this or that or taking care of people and trying to make other people happy. We need to be content in our lives and what we have to offer right now at this very present moment because this is where we start the gratitude and contentment makes us happy, makes us feel um, we've achieved a lot, which we have done, you know. I remember 
like I, I was talking about how many concerts I went to. I just went to the Mark Anthony concert um, the other night, and I started thinking about it. Because social media has you looking at all these other people doing all these other things, right? And I probably went over to, like, I went up to probably about 20 concerts in my life. I saw a lot of people, like Beyonce, Jay-Z, uh, Bruno Mars, J-Lo, um, you know, Mark Anthony, um, NSYNC. <coughs> that was my first concert ever. Um, and I was like, wow, like, when you start to write down the things that you've done in your life, that brings so much joy and contentment. You're like, wow, I really did do so much. So when we're living in the moment and we're present, it helps us to stop and realize, okay, I'm doing the best that I can. I have so much to be grateful for. If I was to die tomorrow, would you be happy with your life? Yes, I would because I stopped being on the burnout train and learned to take care of myself. Now, when you take care of yourself, you can help so many more people. You work better. You work more efficient. Um, in Europe, they literally have unlimited PTO because they realize, they've done research and studies saying that people who are happier end up wanting to do more for their company, right? So this, I apply that. I always try to make my employees happy because I know if my employees are happy, they're going to work better for me and that's going to make me happy. And you need to look at yourself with that. Am I happy? Am I, do I have joy? Do I have contentment? Do I have gratitude? Um, what can I do that will give me more gratitude? So after you analyze if you've been happy or not or you know whether you've been on the burnout or the autopilot mode, and then you write down your daily tasks, and then you write down things that bring you joy. Your job now is to see, okay, I only do two things out of the week that bring me joy. That is not enough. You need to do one thing per day. Now, in the real world, would I love to get a massage every single day? Absolutely. Would I love to go on vacation every single day? Absolutely. But I know that's not what's gonna happen. So, what brings me joy every day that is attainable for me? For me, it's going inside the sauna. And it's crazy because as an owner of a sauna, I slacked. I wasn't going in, you know, or maybe I was forcing it one time a week. I started doing this time schedule, like I told you guys, and making time for self-care, making time for myself. And I see such a difference. I now do the sauna three times a week. I sauna in the beginning of my day, which I used to like doing it at night because it would make me tired. But Sauntering in the beginning of my day kind of gives me like a peace and ease and I feel like I'm way more relaxed throughout the day. I'm happier. I can go through the day. I have more clarity for the day. Um, it kind of wakes me up, gets the brain fog out. And I'm like, okay, great. Like, you know, I just go with the flow now. Oh my God. And I could be like, they could call me like, this happened and this happened and this happened. I'm like, okay, great. Like, it's not the end of the world. Like, I'm way less stressed, you know, um, when I start the song in the morning. So obviously for you guys, maybe it's literally waking up 20 minutes earlier, but having that cup of coffee with no kids around, no husband around, no significant other, no partner to yourself and just sipping on the coffee and savoring the flavor and sitting in silence and getting your thoughts together. Rushing creates chaos and that creates a lot of like chaos for the day. And that's something I also realized. So yes, Getting up at 5 in the morning is hard, but I see the difference. Like, again, I didn't wake up early today at all. Um, I didn't take a day. I was resting for the day, but I slept at my boyfriend's, and I felt like I should have just went home and did me stuff. Um, you know, but I did want to see him and help him with the dog. But I see the difference. I feel the difference. But tomorrow, I'm back on schedule. Tomorrow, 5.30, I wake up. I take the time for myself. I pray. I read. I make my bed in the morning. 
Then I go and I take care of my client. Then I go work out myself and then I go about my day. And I promise you, these are little things that we can control that will get us out of the burnout stage, out of the autopilot stage. Have a day, if you can, to yourself where you don't do anything that day. You don't cook, you don't clean, you maybe binge watch your favorite shows, um, you know, you order takeout for the kids, you, or maybe you guys just go out together and, you know, go to dinner or go to Applebee's or whatever and, and do something that's like, takes the stress off of you. And if you can't have a full day, then have an hour a day. It's not a lot. It really is not a lot. If you wake up an hour extra early, I know it sounds crazy because you're like, well, I don't get enough sleep as it is. And I promise you, you won't even need the sleep. You won't even need the sleep because you're going to feel so amazing that you're going to have all this energy and run on all these endorphins and dopamine that you won't even miss that hour of sleep. But you will be able to feed into yourself and feed your own soul. And that will help you to, to live your best life, to start your day, to be more creative, to take care of the family the way you want, to have more patience with the kids, um, to actually look in the gratitude for the, the things throughout the day, um, actually liking your job, right? Or if you don't like your job, okay, I realize in these three months of this burnout, all that autopilot and all, this is not the job for me. Okay, so every morning I'm going to get up an extra hour early, I'm going to go online, I'm going to apply to jobs to find something that I'm into. Or I'm going to sign up for, I don't know, a workout class um, or a knitting class or a painting class, something that is joyful for me. Because obviously I know we always can't all leave our job or start a business, but if you have something to look forward to, it gets you out of that, that slump, right? And it changes and improves your mood, and people will notice that. Um, if you listen to the last episode with Terrence, I told him I had started back on my 5.30 mornings, and he's like, I can see a difference in one week. I train one of my clients and it's like 6.30 in the morning and I'm full of energy. She's like, why are you so happy right now? And I'm like, because. I'm like, don't you understand? We got to see the sunrise and we got to see the moon and like, oh my God, we're alive and we're healthy because I take time to start my day with gratitude and speaking to God and slowing in the moment. And every day I pray and I say, God, show me the blessings you have for me in the day. Now, not all day, every day is going to be amazing, but there are blessings. God leaves treasures in every single day. And a lot of us tend to look over it. And that's why we're so nasty. We're so angry. We're so tired because we're looking over the things that God has given us for the day. You know, whether it's, uh, you know, the beautiful weather or, you know, um, someone says, I like your top or, you know, your kids hug you extra and say, Mom, I love you. You know, um, you get a note, you get flowers, whatever it is, you know. You get to have a phone call conversation with your best friend that you can't ever see because your schedules don't line up, but you guys get to reconnect and talk for a half hour. There's so many blessings in the day, and when you train our, your mind to start seeing that, it's a lot easier to get out of the burnout stages. It's a lot easier to stop spiraling. It's a lot easier to start loving life. You know, think about it. If you truly were to die tomorrow, and I wish it's on nobody, even myself, God forbid, but, and you had to look back on your life from heaven or, you know, and would you be happy, you know, with, with your life? That's really what I want to leave it at. And if you're not, then you know it's time to make a change. It's time to put yourself first. And I am happy every day, not all day every day, but I do have purpose in this life. It brings me joy. It brings me joy to help you guys. It brings me joy to talk about God. It brings me joy to have this podcast to be able to speak my mind. Um, so I want you guys to experience that. It is 100% capable, doable. It's not impossible. You just need to take care of you first and don't let the burnout 
our society, especially New York, New Jersey, we live in this burnout situation. We gotta do more, gotta do more, gotta do more, gotta do more. You know, and it's okay to say, no, I'm not doing anything today. I'm taking a day to myself. If you have those sick days and you work crazy for your boss, take the sick day. Because I can guarantee you, this happened to me when COVID hit and I had all these sick days. My, my old job didn't even want to pay me out for it. I had a, they never did actually. I had to fight them about it. Take your sick day. Take the time to yourself. Listen to your body. Listen to your mind. Um, this is going to be life-changing for you. And I hope it is. And if you do it, reach out to me. DM me. You guys know I'm, I love talking to you guys. Come to the store. Come see me. Come talk to me. I love when you guys tell me that you tried something that I said or bought a book or something and it changed your life. But I encourage you guys to try this because we only have one life. No one is promised tomorrow. Not one of us. You know, We don't know when our end time is. But it, I want you to be happy. I want you to be health, healthy. And I want you to have joy every day. It is very much attainable. So, guys, I hope this helped. Again, if it did, reach out to me. I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of encouragement. I know we're getting into the seasonal depression stage. Um, yeah, seasonal depression with the sun going down. So this is definitely a time to work on ourselves, definitely a time to give ourselves self-care. Um, I pray nothing but blessing for these holidays for you guys and for you. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. As always, guys, peace, love, and grow, Erica. Hey guys, happy new year. It's been a while since I've been on, um, but I'm back and I'm trying to be more consistent. I have a couple things lined up. Um, so today's episode, I need to first say trigger warning. Um, for anyone listening, we are going to talk about some heavy stuff. Um, so if you have been a victim before of abuse, sexual abuse or anything like that, I would warn you before actually listening to the story. Um, but I'm going to have my client rename, name nameless just for privacy. Um, I'm excited to have you. This is actually a lot of a really big story in the aspect of there's so many people going through very, very similar situations that are not talking about it. I personally have it in my own family. Um, so I know how important this topic is. It's kind of why I wanted to bring it to light. Um, but also this should be talked about and if you do need help please reach out like I will do my best to try to direct you to the right resources um and this is a healing definitely a healing episode for sure um so I'm gonna give you the floor you can start the story hmm. okay so hi everyone um I'm not sure how to start just because um it's a lot of it's a lot of information but quick picture um it was you know kind of like a happy ending story it was a person i've known for over 18 years um that you were with dating. that i was with it okay. was my first my first love actually um dated high school sweethearts dated way back when we kind of went our separate ways reconnected um with a family already I had my daughters he had his children mm. and you know we both had been single we reconnected and decided maybe this is the right time mm -hmm. um, so we we did we, recon we reconnected we rekindled and we decided to move in together um, again happy everyone everyone who knew him who knew me knew that 
we both kind of wanted that for a while. Mm-hmm. How um, long were you guys together before you moved in? Like after this reconnection? Um, probably about two years. Okay, um, so it was a decent amount of time. It wasn't yes. like rushed or anything. No, okay, it wasn't rushed. And in between, um, we always kept in contact. So mm-hmm. again, it wasn't like anything like somebody I didn't know, a stranger or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so we moved in together. We decided to unite our families and nothing, you know, things were going good until they weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, I started noticing certain things about him, never about anything else. Um, I did um, realize he drank a lot more than normal. So that was something that kind of, you know, bothered me, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was new. You know, living together with a person is always new. You always get to know them a little more when you live together. So that was that. Um, it never crossed my mind that he would do anything other than the arguments we had because of the drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so that was that. Uh, I never took that into anything more than it was. Um, so fast forward, um, we were looking for a bigger place for our children for us, um, I had uh, another one on the way, my mm-hmm. my son, and we did. We found a bigger place. We moved in, and that was the son you guys had together. Yes. Okay. Um, we moved in, and everything was, you know, again we had our problems, but nothing that like, I, I would say. Right. Any couple, every couple has their yeah. issues, so I get it. So yeah, so that that was that. Um, a month later, everything fell apart. So that's just a little background on how everything kind of went. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter, you know, my daughters, I have three. I've always told them, you know, things that should and should not happen. Obviously, little girls, you always, children in general, you always kind of let them know, hey, you know, never let this happen. Or if it does, let mom know. Yeah. Um, you know, no It's so what. funny. I remember, like, growing up, my dad would say that, like, don't sit on anybody's lap. And I was like, why? And, like, he would be so protective over that, especially, like, any male. And, like, we grew up in church where, like, my, my brother's three years older than me. And, like, we he had friends that were around his age. And, like, they would put their arm around me. And my dad, like, he would, like, flip no. out. And he'd yeah. be like, absolutely not. Same. But I never understood why. I guess you try to protect your kid as much as you can without, like, showing them how much evil's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't understand it until literally I was, like, probably in my t- late 20s. I was like, oh, now I get why. Yes. Yeah, same. Uh, we grew up the same way. My dad was super protective. Um, and the same thing, you know, the same thing that I learned growing up, I wanted to teach my daughters, um, you know, never let, don't inappropriately touch or anything like this. Always let me know any situation. Mm-hmm. You have to let mommy know. And that's kind of how it happened. It was a regular day. Um, I was cooking. I came back home from work. Um, I started cooking, and my daughter, the youngest, um, she was eight at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eight at the time. And she called me over. She said, Mom, I have something to tell you. And I said, Okay, well, what's going on? And she's like, With the most innocent thing in the world she says well so-and-so has you know touched my 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 part Mm -hmm. and I said you know I'm like wait like what and you know she repeated it and I just you know kind of froze for a bit Mm -hmm. and I didn't really know how to 
react mm-hmm. with all honesty. I did not. Which is totally grasp normal. It. Like, how do you even react to that? Especially if the kid is not saying it in like a panic form. It's like so at not at ease, but so normal. Yeah. So like a like I said, the most innocent way she didn't say it in a way to like accuse him. No, it was like, well, you always told me to tell you, so I'm, I'm telling you. And then, you know, it's like the whole world is pulled from under you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, tr- You know, it's like you sit there and you kind of are like in a blank stare. But at the same time, you know, your daughter is in front of you. So you're like, okay, so what now? Mm-hmm. Um, so you start asking questions. Mm-hmm. Not directly to try to scare her or overwhelm her. Mm-hmm. But I was asking questions like, okay, so did this only happen one time? Did this happen? Mm-hmm. Um, when? Like, do you remember? Um, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, we went from there. Um, my first instinct was, you know, not good. Yeah. Towards him. Um, you know, I, the first thing I did was call my sister and told her to pick up the children. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they wouldn't be there when, when I encountered. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she picked the children up. They went, you know, with no care in the world with my sister. And at that point, it was now. What am I gonna do? Um, with my heart <laughs> in pieces, um, I'm like, okay. My first instinct was, I'm gonna hurt this person. Mm-hmm. Like any mom. I think would react that way and unfortunately you know we know that's not the right way but Mm -hmm. that's really what I wanted to do in the moment I even prepared myself for it I as a single mom for many years I kept hidden you know yeah (laughs) things around the house not a a gun or anything but yeah I had my ways of protection in the household and um, he was a former marine so Mm -hmm. it I knew it was like, okay, this is going to end badly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm prepared. Mm-hmm. You know, my daughter has the kids. It's whatever needs to happen is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I just waited in the house. Uh, I, I actually recorded what my daughter said to have proof. Of so smart. I recorded so smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once they left, I just kind of sat there waiting for, for him to get back into the house. Um and yeah, so then he gets back home, and I had nothing in me. Like, I had, it was like a body, mm-hmm. but there was nothing. I was gone. Like, I don't know how to describe that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I wasn't there. It was like I was floating, and I just played the recording for him. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, what do you what do you say about this? And like, what did he say? What the hell? Mm-hmm. Like, why? You know, you have all these questions. Yeah. Um, he said nothing. Wow. He looked at me and said, so I guess you want me to leave now. So he didn't even, like, take accountability for it. Nothing. He wasn't defensive. Oh. He was, what did you say? He was calm he was when not, he said it? He was not argumentative. He was not questioning why or anything he looked at me and said so I guess you want me to leave now took a plastic bag and started throwing all his stuff at me wow that was the reaction wow so yeah you can imagine how that 
Well, I think there's there's multiple layers to this because, okay, first off, it's your high school sweetheart, you said, right? So it's someone you've loved for years. You're not talking, how long have you known them all together? So we've known each other at that point for about 18 years. So almost two decades. It's someone you love. It's someone you remember all these amazing memories with, right? So not alone are you not going through this as just a mom, but you're also going through this as the girlfriend. And when there's love involved, you don't just break up with someone and like or they do something even something as evil as that and then you're like okay I don't love that person anymore you know it doesn't work that way, it doesn't work that way. and unfortunately a lot of women stay um, or they forgive or they let this behavior go on for a while before they get the strength to leave because you're talking about love and then you're talking about something as ethics and moral and what's right and wrong and also the love of your child right you love your child but sometimes unfortunately women will love the men more than they love their own child and it's not an easy walk away as you did or like for him to like you know just say okay you know I'll I guess I'll leave now which obviously he knew he was guilty so he wasn't denying it which was probably even harder to hear because it's like he didn't even try like he was just like okay I'm gonna own it and it is what it is um did she say for how long it was going on for? She mentioned to me that it happened two times that she could remember, and the both times she was asleep. Okay. Um, and she and I said, "Well, how do you know?" She she just kind of like said, "Well, I you know, on one time I was falling asleep. I knew I knew it was him. Mm-hmm. And the other time she was asleep and was awakened from from him from him. Okay. Um. Yes. So that was that day, the day of. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he started throwing the stuff in the bag, and I, as many thoughts going through my head, um, you know, as to should I do what I really want to do? Should I get violent? Mm-hmm. You know, I knew that nothing was going to heal or change what mm-hmm. had happened already. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had, at that point, I had now four children. I had my three girls, and I had my son. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, I can't who's gonna look out for them mm-hmm. you know this is not gonna stay the way it is mm-hmm. um so yeah he packed up in a plastic bag took the majority of his stuff and left so he leaves you're obviously a mess i mean well like i wouldn't even know like a numb i get what you're saying when you said like you have an outer body experience i can't even imagine the numbness you're feeling but also the feeling of emotions, also the feeling of hurt, of betrayal, of anger. There's just so many emotions that are coming up at this one point. And it's also like, almost kind of like, how do I even move forward from this? I'm sure that like, approached your mind, you know? Yeah. Also, uh, feelings of guilt, guilt, right? Because you trusted this man. And even though it had nothing to do with you, it's like, why well, let him in the house? Like, this is the person that I chose to love and I chose to be around my children. Um, you know, even though his actions were clearly not anything, and I hope you understand that, it had nothing to do with you. As hard mm-hmm. as it is, because you're a mom, and most parents' job is to protect their children, and you feel like maybe, well, I didn't. You definitely did the right thing, and you did, and, you know, unfortunate events happen. Mm-hmm. And um, it shows how amazing of a parent you are to, like, let this happen and actually, like, approach them and, like, be stern and, like, let your children leave and make sure they didn't see anything that was going to be wrong for them to see. Um, It shows a maturity level, you know. And so he leaves, and then what happens next? So then, you know, I obviously, this was just one one of my daughters. I immediately thought 
my other two daughters mm-hmm. what what could have happened mm-hmm. um obviously it took a lot um to even get up get myself together to receive the kids back in mm-hmm. my son is barely one he's one at that moment so mm-hmm. you know a baby that needs care that needed me um and my daughters as well because mm-hmm. they're going through you know now processing processing everything that's happened i have to explain why he's not here mm-hmm. why he's not coming back and all of the above so it's a lot of pressure as a parent and like you said it's parent but also the woman who just lost the, everything the love of her life um so it's it's it was heavy um so the kids come back um i first thing i do is you know talk to the girls you know let me know what happened did anything happen to you did you experience anything mm. this is what's going on um i come to find out that he did it as well to another to the middle one so mm-hmm. the second my second daughter mm-hmm. um so it's the middle one and the youngest one mm-hmm. um not the oldest mm-hmm. uh so now that's another blow you know now so it's the not middle one. Is eight. Mm-hmm. Oh, i'm sorry the youngest was eight and the middle was how old 11. Okay, so 11 and 8. And your oldest was how old? Uh, 13. They're okay. three years apart, so 13, 14 years old. Okay, so, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I might be a little off with the ages, but sorry. They're all three years apart Um, at the at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so now we find out that now the second one, you know, she's like, I, I, um, she's a heavy sleeper, mm-hmm. she said, but she did remember sometimes that she felt uncomfortable and she didn't know why and she explained to me certain situations and I said no it was it definitely was it definitely was and it kind of all the puzzle pieces begin to kind of like fit together fit together and you're Mm -hmm. like like it was there but there was just no way for you to see that Mm -hmm. um and it and it hits you it hits you hard because you're like you know you were there or were you there when this happened and you you know, you were asleep. It was mm-hmm. happening at nighttime. It was happening mm-hmm. while everybody was asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you you feel guilty as a parent. You feel like you didn't do enough. Mm-hmm. You feel that, you know, failure. You feel like a failure mm-hmm. because you didn't protect your, your kids the way mm-hmm. you're supposed to. But again, that's at that moment, obviously, moving forward, you know that that's not the case. Right. And not our fault that these things happen but so, definitely in that moment it, it takes a toll on you yeah I mean not even in that moment I can't imagine from weeks months even years, years. like this happened how long ago this happened um, well you eight, said your son was gonna like be, one yeah it's gonna be eight years eight years so just imagine almost a decade and you're still dealing with the repercussions of everything that happened I'm assuming yep. so he leaves he gets us up. You find out everything. Do you press charges? Yes. Okay. So you go to the police. Yes. So once, a uh, quick detail in between this, I was actually on a leave from my job at the moment because I was looking for a better job, mm-hmm. and we had just moved in, mm-hmm. and this all happened barely a month into moving into that new place. Wow. So I was in between hoping to get a better job elsewhere and I was job searching so I was out on a leave from my current job so I wasn't even working at the moment mm-hmm. um, so there was you know no income coming in basically so he left and I was left with that 
as well. So he was your provider during this time? During that time, yes. Because yeah. we had moved in. Once we moved in, I took the time off because I wanted to get the Find house. The job. You know, yeah. I wanted to put the house together and also look for a better a better um, employment. So I was doing that. And mm-hmm. I, we had agreed that he would take over the fi- financial portion of it while I, you know, put out mm-hmm. my applications, did the interviews, and took care of the house, getting it together. And the baby? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have no income, you go to the police, you file like this notion, right? And then what happens? And then everything happens. So it's, we live in a world where the system is, it's not what it needs to be. Yeah. So, you know, the first thing, obviously, DIFUS gets involved Mm -hmm. um, and they, you know, they don't want, I don't know if they do it intentionally, but mm-hmm. they make you feel like you did something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Dyfus in the house for probably a good year and a half. Wow, that's a long time. Following up, um, they would come by the house whenever. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't get to choose when they come, they come. Mm-hmm. Um, if you weren't home, they waited. If you were home and you couldn't see them at the time because you were doing a thousand, you know, whatever life you have to take them Mm -hmm. like if you didn't take them it would obviously look bad again against you so Mm -hmm. i would you know so unfortunately even though you had nothing to do with this now now the repercussions are coming to you now they're saying oh is she a fit mother for these children and now let alone are you now dealing with the heartache the disappointment the anger and now you have dyphus getting involved that's just making your life living hell which i understand you know to a certain extent you know you want to make sure the kids are well taken care of but I guess, you know, there was a lot of factors of what happened. Um, you know, the charges were pressed. He was arrested a week later. Mm-hmm. Um, they arrested him at his work site. And that was that. And he went to jail? He went to jail for almost two years. Okay, for two years. Um, so, yes, Dyfus gets involved. I'm dealing with them for a year and a half. Which two years doesn't even sound like a lot since he did it to both yeah i'll get to that i'll get to as to why he didn't um Mm -hmm. do more time so typhus gets involved obviously i'm applying for everything um at this point i had actually been hired um for a bank position that i was gonna uh, i started this happened in september of 2015 um early september by the end of september i had been hired for one of the positions I had um, interviewed earlier in that month when it all began. And, you know, that was my goal was I had to, I have to make money. I need to provide now, mm-hmm. you know, not that I did it before, but, but you I have wasn't, that time I, exactly. Yeah. So I, I gotta get, that was my, my goal. Like I have to take care of the kids. They're going through this. We're going through this, but I also have to provide now. Mm-hmm. I need, I will have this huge place. Um, two floors and now all of this is happening Mm -hmm. so the rent wasn't exactly something that I could do alone at the Mm -hmm. moment um so that that was like the main thing Mm -hmm. and I have to say my landlord he never knew what happened but he was always very helpful I was behind on rent for the remaining of the time that I was there Mm -hmm. and he kind of knew something had happened Mm -hmm. but he was very graceful to me that's amazing um so thank God for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, so you know, move forward. I start working hard, 
you know, just working, trying to keep the roof over our heads with no support. Um, the police is involved, investigations going. We had to go there a few times a week um, in the beginning because they needed, you know, everybody's statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're interviewing the girls, mm-hmm. seeing what, you know, I guess a few times to see if there's, the story was matching. Changing, right. Mm-hmm. Um, just investigating, investigating. Did I have any, you know, concern of that before and just just the same thing for years mm-hmm. like every time is the same thing you have to tell you the same story about a hundred times mm-hmm. um and you know the only good thing i could say from that whole police involvement which again i you have to go to the police you yeah. cannot not report it there was one detective that god bless her she said to me out, out of uh, you know off record she said go to court take get your son full custody mm-hmm. this is the time mm-hmm. because honestly I had not thought of that mm-hmm. up until that point it never crossed my mind why because you have a thousand and one other things going through your head that you have to do and that piece of advice till this day has been the best piece of advice that anybody has given me regarding that situation it's funny because even when we go through our darkest times, I feel like, and you know, we don't understand and maybe we question God or the universe or whatever we believe in, like, why would this happen to me? This is something that happened to you and your family that obviously was out of your control, right? And and we, how are we going to get through this? How are we going to make it to the other side? Why would this happen to me? But then God will always send someone that's either in a similar situation or that's looking out for you or that can get through to you or that actually generally cares for you. And when we're so bitter and angry, like it's almost hard to see that mm-hmm. and see that there he still is protecting us in a form and a way, even though we may not feel him, we might feel so betrayed by him and we don't understand why. Um, but the Bible says, you know, no pain is ever in vain. There's always a purpose behind it. And sometimes we don't see it to years, decades later. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not until you're about to like pass away and you reflect back on your life. Like you don't know, but it is important that you did say that and you know highlight that because I feel like even though it's something so terrible you could still see that there was a little glimmer of hope and also like the fact that she told you that like who knew what could have happened if you didn't do that in this child's life like he was only one years old and obviously he has an amazing life now but like who would have known what would have happened if that didn't happen mm-hmm. yep and that was that's one of the things I always remember I always say I, in the midst of everything, would not have ever considered or thought about going to court and asked for sole custody of my son mm-hmm. because it was just so much going on. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, that was, you know, I did it. And because he was incarcerated, the judge obviously was, you know, he signed off. And to this day, my son is solely mine. He mm-hmm. has no say um, of anything, and he hasn't seen him since. Mm-hmm. So that's a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, following after that, after the involvement and all the interviews and all the meetings we had to have, some very dark times. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't sleep for, God, I want to say months. Like, I could not get a full night's sleep. I don't know. I would be so, I don't, I don't know how you do it. Like, I did not sleep mm-hmm. for months. I would come home 
once I started working, I had to do the, the training portion, and it was banking, so, you know, you have to be focused. Yeah. Um, Which was also a blessing in disguise. Yes. Because it forced you to have your mind think of something else at the moment. Yep, and it was and it was all so quick. It was literally September 15th, and by the end of September, I had started with the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was now or never. I had to move, mm-hmm. you know, had to move on. And so let's go into a little bit of why he only got the two years. So why he only got the two years. So after months of, you know, going back and forth with the detectives, they, you know, they tell me um, the only way we're going to get him in here longer, well, months, I want to say it was like a year after, um, they have to press charges. Now, this is a year later Mm -hmm. of meetings and in then you have to go in and mm-hmm. you know they're coming to visit or whatever the case is and you know I was already honest with my daughters I said it's this or it's this mm-hmm. at that point he had been in, incarcerated for all that time mm-hmm. um, and my daughter said you know they they, they wanted to move on mm-hmm. you know it's hard to move on when you're constantly dealing with um, that's so hard. So they wanted your daughters. The only way for them to get more time was if your daughters, who are now at what age at this point? They're all, they're what, 23? They're 23. One is going to be 20. And well, when they 15. when they wanted them to press charges, how old were they at that point? Uh, well, it was a year, a year later. So were they like 12 so, and yeah. 9? Mm-hmm. So they left it up to a 12 and 9 year old to. No, they asked me. Oh, okay. But here's the thing it it's. I've always been transparent with my kids, mm-hmm. you know, obviously not with my son because he was just too little, mm-hmm. but we all dealt with this situation. We yeah. all felt the heartbreak. We yeah. all dealt with the aftermath of, you know, okay, we have to meet with this detective today. We have to go to the police. Their whole lives are upside down. Exactly. A hundred percent. It's, it was a group. It was a us thing. It wasn't individual. So you, you know? asked them. So I said, yes. Yeah. So I said, listen. If we go to trial, and they the same thing they told me, if we go to trial, it could be another year, another two years. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Or this could be, you know, this, that. You sign the, I forget what the correct word is, um, and it'll be added to uh, the, Meg, I forgot the Megan's Law, um, mm-hmm. where they have to report themselves as sex offenders and mm-hmm. this and that. The third... And it's a hard decision to make mm-hmm. because at that point you're like, you know, you this has been your life for the last amount of time. Yeah. And you really want to move, move forward, forward with your life. Yeah. You know, I don't want my daughters to continue to give the same statement another hundred times or they're calling you or, you know, it's not because it wasn't I mean, worth I, it. I just can't imagine a, a, a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old trying to go to school and have a regular, normal school life and then deal with this for another two years. Like, and the sad part is, is you don't know that unless you go through that. Like, I would have never known that there's so much, I get America's pro, uh, innocent to proven guilty, the whole nine, fine, but you would never think that there was so much behind this. Like, why do we need to go through three more years for you to put him away for X amount of years. Like, and, and the fact is like, you had the proof, he did the crime, he didn't deny it. Like, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it is sad. It's sad that 
again, we're getting failed by a system, you know, that is just not doing what's right for us. And I, I get why you did what you did because as a nine and 12 year old, like I can't imagine like, okay, this is like a terrible <laughs> example, but I remember when 9-11 hit, I think I was in fourth or fifth grade mm-hmm. and um, it was all over the news, all over the news, all day, every day, every day, that's what everyone kept yeah. talking about. Um, I was crying because I thought the world was ending, and I'm like, Mom, I'm only like 10, and she's yeah. like, relax, and you couldn't change a channel without it being on there, and they constantly would like show the video and show these people dying, and at one point, I just had to put on, like, I think it's Disney true, Channel right? was the only thing, and like, I just wanted it to like zone out in my life and like not have to deal with this horrific event over and over and over and every day be scared mm-hmm. um, and fearful and fearful of going on vacation and plane. So I get why you decided to make that decision because uh, when is it enough is enough for you guys to live through something so crippling. And, and you, in order to move forward and heal, right, you have to be able to close that door. And if the door is constantly getting opened again and you know, that's not a normal life for a nine-year-old and a, and a 12-year-old, you right. know, being questioned every week, every day, what happened, you know, and then making it feel like they did something wrong. Right. Like, are you sure your story is the same? Are we going to, like, I said what I said, trust my word. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, like you said, that's the system, and at that time, it was just, you know, we, I believe in God, my daughters believe in God, we're, you know, I'm all God. Mm-hmm. I knew that there was no amount of time him spending in jail that was going to cure our wounds. Mm-hmm. There was no amount of time he could do that would change what was done, mm-hmm. the hurt that was, you know, done, mm-hmm. the circumstances we were left in. Um, and, you know, I could have chosen, you know, you know what, I'm going to wait. I'm, I have no way to provide at this time. I don't have, you know, I could have made another choice, but absolutely not my daughters are everything and my kids are everything so he had to go Mm -hmm. I was not gonna stand by that um but yeah the system is typical one Mm -hmm. and because of that you know I chose to move on I said you know what no amount of time is gonna heal this you know and even now years later although we've moved forward Mm -hmm. um it's still obviously something that is always gonna hurt it's gonna hurt because you know there's future repercussions that I have to face still and the aftermath of the situation that we were put in mm-hmm. still to this day is very very what, much there let's talk about that so like what are some of the future repercussions from this that almost happened 10 years or like what are you still dealing with so my my daughters um, obviously needed therapy mm-hmm. um, I for one needed therapy mm-hmm. um, still you know my son growing up I know that one day he's gonna ask where, why, mm-hmm. and it's one of those things that I, you know, you you think you're ready for, and I know it's gonna happen one day, and one day when he's ready to hear it, I will have to have, you know, mm-hmm. have that conversation with him, mm-hmm. um, because at the end of the day, these are his sisters, mm-hmm. and you know, they until now have, we don't mention anything, mm-hmm. we don't say anything, not that we we're hiding anything, mm-hmm. but to him he, he doesn't know he doesn't he's so he innocent. doesn't know yeah. yeah um so with them it's you know the the aftermath of what happened and what they've endured and how to correct or how to move forward from what happened mm-hmm. kind of you know trust 
people again, mm -hmm. it's a hard thing to do. As a child, I can imagine now, you know, that there are young ladies trying to get into the world and having this fear of, you know, what can happen mm -hmm. inside a home, inside mm -hmm. your, within your own family that you thought. And you I know, can you, imagine it's going to affect their dating. Of course. And this mm -hmm. is why, you know, they need their the therapy and, uh, you know, positive vibes. I know God is going to always shield them from as much as he can but the real world is the real world mm -hmm. we live in is is horrible mm -hmm. it's it's not okay for these things to happen but you know we, we we've made it a long way we've came a long way together mm -hmm. um my oldest daughter has always been help mm -hmm. you know for them for me and you know between each other and all of us we, we really came a long way like there was nights that I didn't know how I was gonna make it the next day. Mm -hmm. I did not know, I didn't sleep. I just knew I had to work, I knew I had to provide. Did the depression ever get so bad that it was unbearable? Yes. In those moments, yes. I, when I couldn't sleep, you know, I just kept, I cried, I cried all night. Mm -hmm. I just cried all night. Woke up with <laughs> black bags underneath my eyes, I headaches, you know, throughout the day. Um, came back to the same thing mm -hmm. cooked for the children made sure they were off to school they made sure we did what we had to do and all night it was it was months and you know i had some support you know outside because you also have to face that you mm -hmm. have to face now the family you mm -hmm. have to face your your loved ones like okay what happened what's going on mm -hmm. and for about a week um i think i shielded a little bit mm -hmm. it's rightful so it's embarrassing mm -hmm. it is it's embarrassing it's hurtful because you have to now admit to all your loved ones that hey you know this happened mm -hmm. and some will be supportive and some will not mm -hmm. and that's exactly what happened to me some were supportive where mm -hmm. you know you knew that they were going to call and check on you and then some were pointing the finger um which is another thing you have to deal with on top of everything mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. It wasn't an easy thing um, to endure all of that, and that's just me. Mm -hmm. You know, I I wish I could take all that pain from them. From yeah, my children. of course. I mean, what mother? I mean, I think that just proves that you're an amazing mom because you want to shield your kid. And I, it's such a it's such a hard thing too because it's it's an embarrassment, it's a shame, and then to open up to people and then to them to like blame you or, or say it's you or not even maybe not even believe you or not even take it as serious as it truly was that's also hard because this is, this is supposed to be your support system this is supposed to be the person that you love that's supposed to love you unconditionally and you know you are not responsible for his mistakes that he clearly has something in his own mental that needs to be fixed and his own healing if that's something that he chooses to even do mm -hmm. or you know I don't want to be put away, but go somewhere to get help. But, you know, um, so that has nothing to even do with you. And it's like, unfortunately, like you, you now that he left, you get all the repercussions of it because it's like, okay, so he left, so he doesn't even have to deal with it. He can go and move to wherever or go do what he's going to do and live his life and keep putting out of his mind, you know, that it didn't happen. But, you know, the Bible says whatever is done in the dark will always come to light. And just because he's moved away or whatever his situation is now, He's going to suffer. You, we're, we're God's children, and God don't play about our children, you know? And 
that's something whether he suffers mentally for the rest of his life, physically, financially, whatever the case may be, um, you know, that's one thing that has always brought me comfort, whereas, like, if someone did me wrong, I know that God's always going to handle that situation. That is true. That is correct. And, you know, I think it's hard to, in a Latina family aspect, right, that it could either be so shunned, where it's like, oh, we don't speak about that, no, we don't talk about that, like, let's not say what happened. Um, it could be where the person just doesn't believe you. You know, it, there's so many outcomes on that, and it mm-hmm. sucks because when you start to talk to people, especially women, you realize that this is so much more common than we think. I think it's like one in four, one in three, like, you know, and, but everyone is so hush-hush because they're so embarrassed and ashamed, and then, you know, they're holding on to something that's so hurtful, and, and it's like, how do you even get through life without even, a, like, a, like talking about it and healing through the process, you know? Um, and it, it's hard because it's like, we didn't deserve it, but now we have to go through something that we didn't deserve. How do we heal from this? How do we move on? Can we move on? Can we move forward? Are thoughts of suicide going to come in? Are, are we going to be depressed forever? Are we ever going to have a happy ending after that again, you know? Yes. And it takes work. A lot of work. Um, me for just, you know, that's why I wanted to talk about this because I know that there's so many women like me that have experienced it or maybe in the situation now currently yeah. it's not you know it's not something easy it's something you have to put work in like you have to put yourself out it's not easy but if you have children you have to look at them my son's face like his he was he giggled he giggles so much all the time and I just used to be like I, I have imagine. to. I cannot stay in this bed. I have to get up. My daughters need me. My mm-hmm. son needs me. I have to get up. Mm-hmm. Like I have to face the world. I have to face what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's over. You know, you feel lifeless, but you're not. Mm-hmm. And you you have to get up and pull yourself up from from the gutter, basically, and start again. You mm-hmm. have to start again and reconstructing. And you know, I had this new job. Um, I moved out eventually eventually also you know as opposed as I was to speaking or seeing anyone or bring mm-hmm. anyone near the kids because that is your obvious natural reaction of course you don't want to know anything about anybody mm-hmm. being around or you know even considering that a new a new start a new leaf with anyone mm-hmm. but you know I'm not a bad person my daughters didn't deserve that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't deserve that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, God played his part. He most definitely sent me someone that I was, you know, honest from the beginning. He understood everything. Mm-hmm. And I can honestly say he has been an asset to our family now. He. Mm-hmm you know, is very understanding when it comes to the girls and their privacy and their feelings. Like, he's he gives them that, and he gives mm-hmm. me that, and he understands that we're we're wounded, mm-hmm. you know? It's it's sad, but it, it's the truth. We're wounded, and, you know, things, they get better, but you also always have that that scar. Yeah, of course. So, so you feel like, you feel like God sent him to you to even help with your healing, I'm assuming. Yep, he is a clown. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he definitely He's made so a difference. Um, 
within us, the girls have, you know, his support 100%. Mm-hmm. He's been a father to, to the youngest, to my son. The only man he's known has been him, and he's, you know, basically raising him. Mm-hmm. And I can't be more thankful, mm-hmm. you know, for God doing that. You know, I, when you think you're never going to get back in that train, you know, God has his ways of showing you otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've been hanging in there, and the girls, you know, I... They are troopers you know they're soldiers they they are still dealing with their their stuff as we all are mm-hmm. but um i know that they're gonna be just fine mm-hmm. this thing only made them stronger mm-hmm. and in the future i know that you know they'll look back and i'm hoping they can help you know the same way i want to help this is the only, the reason why i'm talking about it is because i so many things you know there's women that don't have any resources i didn't have any resources i at the moment applied for food stamps for welfare for the victims unit which eventually got approved but eventually yeah you know it wasn't like an overnight thing right there was nobody coming to save me right there was nobody coming to someone actually um just told me i had posted on peace of mind wellness they're in berkeley heights um, they do the yoga that I went to and they have like trauma yoga um, they have anxiety yoga they were really good and they do a bunch of events and they also do therapy and they said the victims you know it's funny you brought that up I just remember that she's like if somebody they'll pay like like more than half of the session yeah. and they'll cover it they do accept that you know for the person to get therapy so there's definitely resources out there um, which I think are important for people to understand that and know that um, again you know this Me Too movement, like, spread like wildfire. And, again, we saw, you know, these people that thought that they were going to get away with it their whole lives. And you look at Harvey Weinstein and Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein and, you know, mm-hmm. all in, and the girl, um, Maxwell, that was with him. And they're suffering. They're getting what is meant for them, you know. And um, it's good to know that the society is becoming more aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um because I'm sure when this happened, Asian, there, was, there wasn't all that movement. And, you know, again, like, could the woman be a liar? Maybe. Like, that's why they have to double, triple fact check everything that mm-hmm. you guys say. Um, but I think it's so amazing how far, in a way, society can come together like that and, like, lean on each other. Yeah. And I think it's very brave of you to even talk about. I mean, when you told me the story, honestly, I was shocked. Because I would have never known, like, it's not something that you carry on you, which you know uh, like you carry yourself very well um so how are you mentally now a lot better i you know one of the things i tell the girls all the time is you know we're not victims we're Mm -hmm. not gonna have this instant this bad moment turn us into victims the rest of our lives Mm -hmm. did you know as i said we didn't deserve it you definitely did not deserve it but it happened and unfortunately bad things happen Mm -hmm. to good people more often than they should mm-hmm. and um you know we got to stay strong mentally i am in a way better place you know i had a lot of anger mm-hmm. um before i wanted to do a thousand and one things um but you don't get anything out of that mm-hmm. you know you have mm-hmm. to free yourself mm-hmm. you have to free yourself from that um because like i said if you believe in god then you know god is going to handle it mm-hmm. god Amen. is definitely going to take care of 
and and better than we could have ever imagined exactly not that we're evil we wish that but you know no yeah like i said i don't wish him any harm you know he did what he did and you know he can stay very far away from us Uh, my son doesn't deserve him Mm -hmm. my son is a bright you know none none of them deserve his Mm -hmm. energy around anymore um if ever so you know you just gotta work if you're in that situation right now you you know pull yourself out reach out i am here miss healing glow is here yes and you know if you have questions if there's anything that i can refer you any advice you know just get yourself up do it for your kids there is hope i promise you there's hope there's a lot of crying after a lot of a lot of after the crying after the breakdowns after the anger there is definitely hope you know lean yourself on god and you're gonna see the way out and what do you what would you say like what are some things that you do for you that have helped you mentally right i do a lot of writing um i do boxing now (laughs) yes you're very Um, good so, um, you know, and the kids, you know, when you have children, it's so different because, you know, you're, they're your priority. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until recently that I said, you know, I need to do something for myself, which is when I started boxing. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, I need to do something that, aside from my writing, that I love to do, I've always done. I need to do something else. And channel the frustration and the anger in a healthy way. Yes, you have to you have to do that. Um, and it took me a, a long time, but you know you get so caught up when you're a single parent, especially. Mm-hmm. You know, there's really no alternative. You're doing what you have to do, and mm-hmm. you know you're surviving. You're in survival mode at that exactly. point. Exactly. And how do you say the girls are doing now? The girls are doing good. Um, they still need a lot of work. They're still in therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that they're going to work through it just fine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they just need all the love and support. You know, mm-hmm. these things don't come easy. It doesn't. It definitely didn't come easy for an adult, mm-hmm. which is just me. I can't imagine being a child and having to deal with all of that. And they're at, a, at an age where they can remember. It wasn't like of they were course. a little bit younger. It was mm-hmm. like you kind of forget. Although I feel like even if that happened to a four-year-old, I feel like that would be something you would remember just because of how dark it is, you mm-hmm. know? Um but I think you're doing an amazing job. I think it's important to spread this word. I think this was such an important topic to even just talk about because, again, um, so many people are going through this, and so many people have the same exact feelings that you have. Um, the fear, the anger, you know, the anxiety, the hurt, um, and if we don't tell anybody or don't do anything about it, it kind of just sits there. It will consume you. Exactly. It just consumes you and it's like it cripples you. And like, again, like you said, you're not a victim. I mean, and or you are a victim, of course, but you're not living in that mindset, which is like so amazing to see because it's very hard to get out of that mindset. But knowing that there's so much better for you and good for you on the other side, like you said, and that there's hope and that God has a way out for you. I think that's so important to see. Um, but it does take the work from us. It has it has to start with us. It has to start with us. There was times that I didn't know when, you know, where, how, and, like, financially, I didn't know. Like, I had no idea. I'm like, how am I going to pull this off? Mm-hmm. How am I going to pay for this rent? How am I going to cover the full insurance this mm-hmm. Saturday the 3rd? And I still, to this day, sometimes question. I don't know how. Mm-hmm. But 
it happened. I made it happen. You know, again, a lot of prayer, a lot of self-reflection mm -hmm. um, within your, with yourself and, you know, the Lord and just knowing that you're going to get by. Mm -hmm. You're going to get by. And flash forward, I to where I am today, I would never have thought. Mm -hmm. I would never have thought that I would be where I am today. Mm -hmm. And I still have a long way to go. Mm -hmm. But I'm here and God has tripled for sure. Amen. God Amen. has tripled my blessings for sure. Amen. And like I said, the Bible says no pain is whatever without purpose, you know? And, you know, I see like big things for your daughters and I, I see them helping people and being a vic like, you know, helping victim. And also, too, it's just like, this is still going on in this day and age and like it can happen to anybody it can even happen with a boyfriend or whatever or friends like anybody any anybody and it's just good to see that i wanted to bring this out and talk about it because it is a heavy topic but it's also something that i tr believe in like this is a part of healing you're healing you right now doing this podcast is healing for yourself it's healing for your future daughter uh, your daughter's future it's healing for someone else listening on the other side of this you know um message and i think that's the whole point is like healing from healing glow stands for healing in all aspects of life mentally physical spiritually emotionally and it could be anything it could be something as simple as you know you feel lost and you don't have purpose to a heartbreak but also to something as heavy as this because i feel that it's my platform to do that and to do that and i want to be able to open it because even if one person reaches out after this it was all worth it you know, if one person says, hey, I'm going through something similar, can you pray for me? Or can you put me in touch with this person so I can get resources? Or can I speak to this person? Or do they, can they recommend a therapist? Or, um, you know, can I, can I meet up with this person? They can just hear me out. So it's always worth it. Always, and that's the whole purpose of this. And I just wanna say, don't be scared. Don't be afraid, you know, because it's, you're going into the dark. You really don't know what's next when you're dealing when you find out or you choose to make a move you know if you're aware and you haven't done anything yet or you suspect that something's going on you know do do what you have to do you know to get clarification believe your kids a lot I, I I've heard from other you know many parents like you know I like I don't know I don't know it's like no do something about it don't yeah. just let it sit there don't don't like I don't know how to say it but like don't be afraid to move forward um, because it's gonna be hard and because you don't know how you're gonna your next meal is gonna come or mm -hmm. how you're gonna provide mm -hmm. do what you have to do do not stay in that situation mm -hmm. do not um, long the situation because you're afraid of what's gonna happen mm -hmm. um, there's resources and you know I for one you could stay at my place for all I care, you know, mm -hmm. like you, if one helping hand can make such a difference, Amen. Um, do not stay in that situation. Do not leave your kids in that situation. Mm -hmm. Please do not be afraid. Yeah. And I do have a couple of other resources that I know that are just my clients that I've sent to them, like that they needed food or they needed money to pay rent or pay a bill or like anything. anything there's always someone out there to help you so if you're someone going through this please do not like even if you had to be anonymous and call from an anonymous number like we're not here to like shame you or you know figure it out it's not even about that it's just 
being able to know that there is hope on the other side and you can get out of something like this. Um, and there is healing. There's healing because, I mean, again, when I met you and, like, when you told me, I was in utter shock. Like, what? Like, you, like, and you carry yourself so well. It's not that you're hiding anything. But most people would not have it together. And you have it very much together now. You know, I mean... I try. Yeah. You, it's, it's taking a long time. But, you know, you have the relationship now, which is amazing. You have a great job, like the family. Like, you are consistent in taking care of yourself, putting yourself first, you know, making that time for you, um, doing the right things, making sure the girls are in therapy, making sure you're in therapy, like doing whatever it takes to move past this. And don't brush it. Our, our culture is so quick to brush this or hide it please don't yeah. talk about it mm-hmm. it's okay talk about it don't mm-hmm. hide it it's 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 the bad things that you know sometimes end up making us so yeah and like you said it just makes you stronger in life and that what's that saying god gives the toughest the, um yeah the hardest battles and mm-hmm. it's true and it's like you know we we're all going through something in this life not you know and it could all be different things in life you know what we're going through but it doesn't make it less of anything and just even to be a helping hand for someone you never know what someone's really going through honestly when you told me I was really shocked because again like your energy is great your demeanor is great like I would have never known um until we had that one conversation and you just it just goes to like you never know what someone's going through so just to be able to hey how are you how how is your and I love to ask like how's your mental today how's your soul like more than how are you, you yeah. know? Because you'd be surprised how many people will open up and tell you what they're really going through. Or need it, or waiting for yeah. someone to vent yeah. to, you know? They're just waiting to, you know, get reach out. Just reach out. Like, we're here. I mean, I, for one, I, if I could help one person, you know, just let them know it's going to be okay. And I think, honestly, I can promise you and guarantee that through this podcast, you're definitely helping more than one person. Because anytime I've had such a tough subject, people have reached out and said, like, this helped me so much more than you would know. So I think it's very brave of you. I'm honored to have you on here. I think you're amazing. I think you're strong and you got this. And, like, I see the purpose in this. This is just the beginning. I think you're going to help so many more people in this life. And even your daughters, too. I think that's a purpose. And I think together as a family, as you guys always are, you're going to even help even more people as a collective. You know, we're hoping, we're hoping. Because again, like if children are going through it, a, a parent is going through it too. So yep. it's a whole collective thing. Um, yeah, guys. So if you guys need any resources, questions, comments, concerns, you can reach out to me. Um, I will make sure this person gets the information, or I will connect you if it fits that way. Um, but we will get back to. You. We're here to help you guys in any aspect, even if you just need to vent and talk. Um, or you know someone that's going through this and you want to try to help them, because that can be a thing too, you know. Um, We're here for you. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. Thank you for having me. Of course. And to many more chats and updates, I'm sure you'll be on again when we find a little bit more information that we can give you guys, like direct information. We're always here to help. Um, Thank you guys for listening. I know this was a hard subject for the beginning of the new year, but... (laughs) It's what happens in real life. People are always going through hard situations. Um, So I wanted to address it. And thank you guys for listening. As always, peace, love, and glow, Erica.